Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. We are starting a brand new series called Forever, okay? And um, this series is going to be good, okay? But I'm going to tell you right now, this series is going to challenge everything you believe, Okay, thank you, thank you. Everybody else is like, it's time to leave. We're, we're out of here. I have like one person. We're gonna talk about eternity. We're gonna talk about salvation. We're gonna talk about heaven. I'm, listen, there's so much to talk about with just heaven. I'm just, I'm excited. So many people have no understanding. They think we're just gonna be these floating beings in heaven. The Bible has so much to say about heaven and that season of life. And I think a lot of people think like when we go to heaven, like our, our life is just over. No, no, no. You have a life on the other side, okay? Another life on the other side. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about hell. I know we don't talk much about that because if I'm a believer in Jesus and a follower of Jesus, I know what? I'm not going to hell in Jesus' name, amen? Thank God, Right? But we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about living not for this moment and not for this life, but living for what? Forever. That there is a forever beyond this life, beyond this moment. Amen? Let me share this with you real quick. There was three friends, and they were asked, what would you want people to say about you when they're looking into your casket? as people are there for your funeral and mourning your loss. Daniel said, I hope they say I was a wonderful spiritual leader. I loved my wife, and I was a great family man. Good stuff, right? Okay. Roger said that I loved God, I knew his word, and it made a huge difference in people's lives. Another great, right? Okay. Frank said, I hope they say, look, He's moving. <laughs> Come on, that was better. You weren't ready for that, were you? That's like a dad joke of the year right there. Come on. Coming into my full dadhood, all right? Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. Jesus, we thank you that you reign. Thank you that you're alive. We thank you that we can put our hope and our trust and our confidence in you and that we're secure in you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come and bring wisdom, your thoughts, your perspective, your understanding in this series as we look not to this life, but the life to come with you. We worship you, we praise you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Give it up for the worship team this morning. All right, here's the deal. If you are not awake, I'm about to wake you up, okay? Put up that picture, Russia and China. Sorry, that's not a great picture. That's my fault. That is not a great picture. It's more high quality than that. Somebody, somebody help Pastor Jeff in between the services, okay? How many of you caught this, saw this? How many of you are like, no, I, I don't want to see this. I, I, I don't, I, 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 I want to bury my head in the sand. Listen, 
Can I tell you, there's a very real part of me that wants to bury my head in the sand. There's a very real part of me that does not want to see an ounce of news ever again. It is just sad. It is miserable. It has no hope. It has no joy. And I just want to pretend a lot of days like none of this is happening. Amen? Okay. Okay. But here's the deal. We can't. We can't. Why, why do I put up that picture? You can take that picture down. Because I'm, I need you to see something. That alliance right there is the Bible coming to life before your very eyes. Okay? This is Ezekiel 38. Coming to pass. Prophesied thousands of years ago that this would happen someday. And it's happening in our lifetime, right before our very eyes. Why is this important? Because Jesus told us to be looking. Luke chapter 21, verse 29. This is Jesus, he says, he gave them an illustration. Notice the fig tree, any other trees. When the leaves come out, you know. He said, you don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to think. He said what? You know without being told summer is coming, right? How many of you know summer is right around the corner? Okay, so, so what is Jesus saying here? He said, when you see the fig tree, what is the fig tree? If you've never been a part of Elevate Church, we've talked about this numerous times. What is the fig tree? It is Israel. When Israel blooms, becomes a nation, it's the only nation in the history of the world to be reestablished as a nation two times. Why? Because God said it would. So in 1948, it becomes a nation, and God said, hey, look at this. When this happens, no, you can know what? Summer's right around the corner, meaning what? My kingdom's right around the corner. He's coming. It's coming quick. So the question then is this, do we get sad? It's a great question, right? Now, if you talk to different people in different seasons of their life, they might give you different answers. Somebody in a different season of their life might go, man, I, I've lived my life and I am, I'm ready to see Jesus, come on, okay? Some people, look at a verse like this, and they're like, you know, I was having a great conversation with my son Michael about this, and he was like, could he come like in like 20 years or something like, can I, can I get married? Can I, you know, do some things that God's put in my heart, right? How do we perceive this? How do we view this? Do we get sad? Do we hide? Do we run? No, 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 this is what Jesus told us we do, okay? Luke 21, verse 28. When you see these things begin to occur, stand tall. What's he saying? He's saying to the church, stand up. Church of God, stand up in this moment. Stand tall. Lift up your heads in pure what? Joy. Why? I'm about to see Jesus. My redemption is about to draw near. 
I'm about to be with my King, my Savior. The whole reason we're gathering here every Sunday, we're about to see him. He said, there should be joy in your heart. So what does this mean? This means this, when we see things like what? Russia and China making an alliance. We see Ezekiel 38. We see all the players all coming together. They're all, uh, Iran's hooking up with them. Iran's shooting missiles into uh, Israel. They don't talk about this on the news, by the way, okay? Because they don't want you to know about this, all right? They don't want you to hear about these kind of things, right? They want to hide and suppress these things because they know it will actually encourage the believers, okay? It'll encourage the church. Why? Because we're about to see Jesus. He said, when you know, see these things coming, you know, I'm coming. Meaning what? The church needs to get ready. The church needs to prepare. Why? Because summer's around the corner. So, I'm going to show you something, okay? If any of you uh, lived in the 80s, you know what these are like, okay? These are some, some shorty shorts, Okay? Now, I bought, I bought these shorty shorts not to wear here on a Sunday morning, okay? All right? But I bought these shorts, why? Because in the summer, me and Jess are going on a trip to celebrate 20 years of marriage, okay? 20 years, okay? And, and my lady likes to see my golden brown thighs, all right? They're not for your taking in, okay? But she, she likes that. And I, I got to remember who, she, I got to remind her who she married, right? Okay? So I'm doing what? I'm preparing, right? I'm preparing for summer, right? Got to get these thighs golden brown. Get this paste off of me in Jesus' name, right? Amen. All the married folk know what I'm talking about, Okay? How many of you are planning some kind of trip in the next six months? Raise your hand, okay, right? We're preparing, right? So in preparation for a trip, what do we do? We get ready, right? We count the months, we count the days, we budget or we're supposed to budget, don't live in debt. We plan, we hope, we talk, we pray about what? We pray about these trips. Why? There's an anticipation in us. We're about to go on a trip. Listen, this is the same thing that God wants for us. I was dwelling about Jesus coming back. This is probably three weeks ago, late one night. And I was just thinking about him and the season that we're in and the timing that we're in, that we're going to see Jesus. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit reminded me of two scriptures. The first one was Joshua chapter 1, verse 11. Says this, go through the camp and tell the people to get their possessions ready. Isn't that interesting? As I was thinking about Jesus coming back, he reminds me of this scripture saying, What? Get ready. In three days, you'll cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord God is giving to you. The Holy Spirit's going, Get ready. Get ready. Then he reminded me of this of Joshua chapter. Three, verse five, Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, okay? Now, man, I can't even imagine this back in the day. They had, to, all the men had to be circumcised as grown adults. I don't know if I love Jesus that much, okay? Let's just be honest, okay? 
as grown, as grown men. He said, purify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. So this is what I believe. I believe that the Holy Spirit, the Lord is showing me, hey, prepare the church. Prepare the people for a season. We're in a season right now, right before we're gonna see Jesus. Prepare the church. But also what? Prepare the bride. Who's the bride? You're the bride. You're Christ's bride. Do you know that there'll be a wedding when the church is raptured? You are to marry Jesus. Prepare the bride. Listen, there's a preparation. The bride goes through a preparation to get ready to meet her bride. The Lord said, prepare. Now, this is what I feel from the Holy Spirit. I really believe that there's many people, and I also believe that there's many people that believe in Jesus and profess Jesus that are not ready for this trip. I'm just being honest. I think there's a lot of false hope. You ever, you ever thought you were on a list for something just to find out you weren't? Have you ever thought you had this hope that like, I'm gonna get this promotion and you don't? You ever thought that like, oh, that person's gonna take me with on that trip with them and then they don't? I, I, I think there's a lot of false hope because people are going off what they've been told, not true wisdom. I need you to understand something. When you stand before Jesus someday, okay, your life will be judged not by what you perceive to be truth. Your life will be judged by what? Actual truth. God will hold you accountable to what? His word. Why do you think the enemy fights you so hard to not know his word? He understands this is what will actually set your life free, okay? So I really believe that there's a lot of people who are what? They're deceived. The enemy deceives and tricks people into having false hope, false confidence about what? Their true salvation. Now, what's my job as a good shepherd? If I'm a good shepherd, my job as a good shepherd will always be to lead you to God's truth into the word of God, not my own opinions, not my feelings, not my emotions, not my thoughts. None of those matter. All that matters is God's Truth. So today, we're going to look at two ways that the enemy deceives people in the world, but also deceives what? God's people. There's a lot of people in a lot of churches that are deceived by the enemy, okay? So point number one today is believe. Point number one today is believe. Um, put up that, that picture, okay? How many of you remember this game, okay? All right? I might have spent too much time in my life playing this game at one point in my life, Okay? Um, I only beat it one time. Anybody else beat this game before, okay? Uh, I beat it once. I'm not the best at it, okay? But I, I love this game. How many of you just saw the movie? The movie was incredible, so good, like so clean, no agenda. It was so good, okay? Love this game. Now, when I was growing up, my younger brother, Jonathan, okay, he thought and believed with his whole heart that when I was playing Mario, 
and Mario would get hit by a Koopa, or Mario would jump and fall and not hit his mark, and Mario would die. My brother thought and believed that Mario was dead, okay? And would have a freak out of freak outs, okay? I mean, he would throw things, cry, throw himself on the floor, all until Mario came back like 30 seconds later, okay? <laughs> like to the point that my family was like, we're getting rid of this thing. Your brother's insane, okay? Like, like he believes this, okay? He believes that Mario is a real person that is constantly dying over and over again, okay? He believed it, okay? How many of you believe this? Um, that a blanket can protect you from anything, okay? Right? Some of you still believe this. You hear something at night, you pull the covers over your head, like a blanket's gonna save you from a knife, you know what I mean, like a, or a bullet. But you, but you believe it, right? A blanket. How many of you believed when you were younger that if you crossed your eyes, they would stay that way forever, okay? <laughs> Try it right now. Oh, gosh. I hate that feeling, okay? All right. How many of you believed back in the day that when you kissed somebody, you were automatically married to them, okay? I, well, if that's the case, I'm married to a lot of people, okay? <laughs> There's a lot of things. Oh, gosh. Come on, we all have a past, it's under the blood. Come on, somebody, y'all act so holy up in here every time I get up here, all right? Come on now. What am I getting to? There's a bunch of things that we believed at one time that just weren't true. They just, that's just not the truth. So what does that mean? We gotta find out what real truth is. So go with me to John, John chapter three, okay? John chapter three, verse 15 through 21. This is a very famous, famous portion of scripture, okay? This is a portion of scripture that many, 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 many would say, hey, this is what I base my salvation on, okay? Verse 15, so that, Everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that anyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anybody who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged because they're not believing in God's one and only true son. Verse 19. And the judgment, the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All right, so we got beautiful language here, right? We got three beautiful words, anyone. Are you in anyone? Yeah, you're in anyone. Anyone who believes on Jesus. Anyone that puts their hope in Jesus. We have this other beautiful word, eternal life, right? Eternal life with Jesus, with God our Father, eternal life. We got another beautiful word, no judgment. No judgment, right? Now, the American church has taken this text and reduced it. Okay, 
Americans are we're really good at this, at taking an original meaning of something and twisting it. How many of you see this in the culture right now? Right? We're just going to twist stuff. We're going to reduce things. So the American church has done a really good job of, of boiling down salvation to this. This is what salvation is. Pray a prayer, believe in Jesus, and you're good forever. Pray a prayer, believe in Jesus, and you are good, set forever and ever, right? The American church says this, we hope you love Jesus. We hope that you would grace yourself here at church maybe once a month, right? The American church says, we hope and pray that maybe, just maybe you'll throw 20 bucks into the offering plate, right? Maybe, maybe if you're that good of a believer, you'll actually serve once a month for us, right? But, but here, here's, here's the thing. We hope these things, but the American church will say this. But if you have more important things than Jesus, we're not gonna get offended and we understand because what your life outside of here is more important than what's happening in the house of God. Oh my gosh. You're like, why did I come to church today? This is what... The American church has boiled down our salvation. I hope, I hope. And we have, I'm just gonna be real, we have so many people that profess to be believers out there going, I prayed a prayer once. Nothing in my life has ever changed. I have no relationship with Jesus. I do whatever I want whenever I want, but I'm good, I have salvation. I'm not going to hell. I told you I'm gonna challenge you. I told you. Because here's what I know. You might not ever come back to this church after today. You might, you might go, man, that is, that is, mm -mm. nope, nope, I live under grace and I'm gonna get to grace, okay? I promise you, I believe in grace. You know I do. I believe in the righteousness of Christ. I believe in it, okay? I'm not telling you those things. You might not never, ever, ever come back here, but here's what I know. I have to, in good conscience, stand before my God someday and give an account for what I taught you. I have to. And you know what the word says about me? That I'm gonna be judged harshly by what I taught you. So I better know what I'm teaching you. And I better be filled with the Holy Spirit. I better be teaching you the word of God. Because here, here, here's what's interesting. We, we boil this down to believe. It's just believing, nothing more, nothing less, right? I just believe, right? And we have a very American view of this word believe. I, I just believe, right? I, I believe and I'm good. But I felt the Holy Spirit when I was reading that text, I felt the Holy Spirit go, no, 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 you need to dig deeper. There, there's more to this text. We've made this text so simple. There's more to this text. So I started to look up what was the Greek in the Hebrew meanings of this word believe. This is Jesus' words, right? What, did, what was he saying? Well, the Greek, it is, it is translated this way, persuaded. I am persuaded. It means I have a deep trust, a deep confidence. I am fully persuaded that there is no other God 
than Jesus. There is no other way to eternal life than Jesus. I am fully persuaded that Jesus is the greatest thing that I could ever receive in my entire life. It doesn't matter if I had a Gucci purse. It doesn't matter if I had the house of my dreams. It doesn't matter if I had the trip of my, of my passion, whatever. Jesus is, I'm fully persuaded there's nothing better than Jesus. And then the Hebrew meaning means this, to pursue. So Jesus uses this word four times. There's four times this word is used. Four different times, believe. Okay, what, what's it saying? Number one, I am fully persuaded in Jesus. And number two, I am running after relationship with him. I'm actively in a relationship with Jesus. Let's use this first word, fully persuaded. Listen, there are so many things that we're fully persuaded about. There's, there's, there's guys in the church, you're, you're a four truck guy, right? It, it, would, be, it would be heresy to buy any other truck, right? You, you are confident, persuaded about Ford trucks. Some of you are persuaded about on-cloud shoes. You're like, they're the best shoes, the best walking shoes, the best running shoes. They are amazing. There are so many women that are persuaded about Stanley Cups. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> listen, listen, just finally got a Stanley Cup the other night. Listen, you would have thought she won the lottery, okay? I mean, literally, like, we have now become millionaires. She found a Stanley at, at Dick's Sporting Goods the other night. So I come home uh, last night. She has her Stanley. I'm like, how's your Stanley? She goes, eh, eh. Some of you are fully persuaded about your nine millimeter gun. Can I get an amen from anybody, right? You're fully persuaded about Jeff Ruby's steakhouse. You're fully persuaded about this item for your child. And when you're fully persuaded, it means this, you've done the research. You've done the research. You can tell me about that gun. You can tell me about that cup. You can tell me about that restaurant. You're, you've done the research and you know that you know it's the best because you're fully persuaded. You've done the research. There's nothing better. And then when you're fully persuaded, let me tell you about when you're fully persuaded. Let me give you what happens. Your time, money, energy, and passion all goes towards it. Because you're fully persuaded. Your time, your money, your energy, your passion will go to what you are fully persuaded about. So let me ask a really hard question. Am I, are we, our family, fully persuaded followers of Jesus? I can't answer that for you. But you better ask yourself that question. You better internalize that question. You better ask some questions in your heart. And listen, can I say this? I feel like we have stripped away all of how do I put this? Not condemnation, but allowing the Holy Spirit to go, hey, uh-uh-uh. It's okay. Can I say this to you? It's okay when the Holy Spirit challenges you. He's not trying to harm you. It's okay, all right? The second word is to pursue. 
But let me ask this question to all the married people or anybody that's dating. If you spent no time, never went on a date, ignored all their texts, ignored all of their communication ways, was always busy, never spent any time with your spouse or the person you were dating, would you have a relationship with that person? No. Right? So then let me ask this question. Why would you believe that you're in relationship with Jesus if you never spend any time and you ignore him and you ignore his word and you ignore the Holy Spirit? Why? <laughs> I know. But I'm going to get to the good stuff. I promise you. Okay? See, God uses natural things to teach us supernatural things. So your relationship in your marriage is taught, teaching you what? How to have a relationship with him. It's the same way. I spend time with him. I want to be with him. I want to hear what he has to say. I want to know what his word is. I want to know him. The second way the enemy deceives and tricks people is by worship, okay? It's by worship. Um, actually ordered this from Amazon, okay? This is a CD. Who remembers CDs, y'all? Okay, <laughs> CDs, all right? All right, this is uh, Dr. Dre, The Chronic 2001, okay? <laughs> some of y'all got some memories. You're going on some trips with me in your mind right now, okay? All right? I had this CD, and I swear to you, I worshiped this at that point in time in my life. I mean, I worshiped it. This is the same time that I was just newly saved, giving my life to Jesus. And I'll never forget, Taka, that was here last week, he like got into my car and like I'm just banging some Dre, you know what I mean? And he's like, you gotta get rid of this. He's like, this is a bunch of junk, you gotta get rid of this. And I was like, woo, I don't know about that, man. Man, Dre just came back with the beats. M's on this CD, Snoop's on this CD, Exhibit's on this CD. I don't know about that, Daka, right? So I remember I was one time, I was praying the Lord to get rid of the CD. So I'm like driving down the road, chuck the CD out the window, right? Next morning, I woke up, why did I get rid of that CD? Went back to Best Buy, bought the CD again, okay? You know what I'm talking about, right? Because you worship this, right? A couple weeks later, Taka was like, hey, I was praying for you, and the Holy Spirit wanted me to ask you if you got rid of that CD. I'm like, you gotta be joking me. <laughs> Go outside, take the CD, throw it again. A couple days later, go back to Best Buy, buy the CD again. <laughs> Guys, this happened four different <laughs> times. Why? The worship day. We worship the things of this world, not the things of God. Proverbs chapter four, verse 18. But the path of just righteousness is like the light of the dawn, shining brighter and brighter until it reaches its full strength and its glory in the perfect day. What's the perfect day? The day that we see Jesus will be made perfect in his light, okay? The way of the wicked is deep darkness. They don't know it over what they stumble. 
Verse 20, my son, my son, it could be my son, my daughter, he says what? Pay attention to the words and be willing to learn. Listen, I, I feel like we're in a season of the earth, nobody wants to learn anything anymore. Nobody wants to be told anything anymore. Nobody, listen, look, I'm only here as a shepherd of the Lord. I, I, I'm just teaching you what he wants you to learn, okay? It says, open your ears to my sayings. Don't let them escape from your sight. Keep them center in your heart. God's going, keep me, keep my worship, keep my presence, keep my word, keep it center, the center focus of your heart. For they are life to those finds them and healing and health to their flesh. Do you know that the word of God is actually healing to your physical body? Just reading the word of God will heal your physical body? Verse 23, watch over your heart with all diligence. What is, that, what is that saying? Watch what you worship. Protect what you worship. Be mindful about what you worship. It says, from it, from the heart flows what? All the springs of life. Why, why was the Holy Spirit telling me no more of this? Because he knows that my heart can't be full of this. Because when it's full of this, it'll be full of pride, it'll be full of ego, it'll be full of lust, it'll be full of anger, it'll be full of, remember what Jesus said, even if you just, you desire somebody to be dead, you've murdered them? Ooh, You'll be full of this. You gotta watch what you worship. Let me ask this question, what do you worship? Do you worship the idea of being young? Do you worship the idea of the next step of your life? Do you worship the idea of more, more, more play, more pleasure, more things to bring you more joy? What do you worship? What are you worshiping? Um, I don't know, somebody's gonna help me bring this up. Worship team, or Ray, you can come on up. Give it up for Pastor Matt, the servant of the Lord, everybody. Thanks, bud. So, um, if you've been in my house, um, you know that when we moved into our new house down in my basement, I went to Ikea and I, I bought some of these shelves, okay? Now, these shelves are designed for like books and like, I don't know, like um, like all the women in here, you all buy lots of like jars and stuff. Like Jess, she just keeps coming home with jars, okay? I'm like, are we the woman with the jar of oil? You know what I mean? Like, you know, and so like people buy these shelves and they put knickknacks and things on them. But I saw this shelf at, at Ikea one day and I was like, I could put shoes. I could, I could display all my shoes on these. Brian knows. Brian's been in my basement. He's playing some ping pong. So, <laughs> so I went out and I bought a bunch of these shelves. They're super easy to put together. And I, and I put them up. And I took my shoes. Now, here's the deal. Most of the shoes I had never worn before. It's the dumbest thing ever. 
I mean, I'm talking about shoes from like, like seven years ago. I've never worn before. And I, you know, I'm putting them up. All, I'm displaying them, you know, accordingly to what I think is the best. You know what I mean? And I'm putting my stuff up there. Okay. And so I had them up in the basement, you know, and, and I always think, isn't it funny how you think things? You think, man, I can't wait for people to come and I'll like tell them about each shoe and what this means to me and why, like uh, how I got it, you know what I mean? And nobody ever asks you about those things. <laughs> Can I get an amen? But you all think this stuff about your house, right? So, so I have all my stuff. So a few weeks ago, uh, a few weeks ago I was in here and I was praying. I wasn't even thinking about shoes. But you know what's funny is that the Holy Spirit knows what to bring up. If you'll spend time with him, if you'll seek him, he knows what he needs to bring up. Why? Because he's hearing from the throne room of God. He's hearing from God the Father. So I'm like praying in here and I'm just kind of worshiping. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, all the shoes. And I'm like, well, what about the shoes? He said, all the shoes on the shelves. He said, I gave you those shoes to wear. I didn't give you those shoes to have as idols. I was like, oh, that's a big word. He said, he didn't, he didn't mix words. See, that's what's interesting with the Holy Spirit. He never mixes words. He said, idols. Right? What idols do you have in your life? He said, you can wear the shoes, give the shoes away, but get rid of the idols. And I remember the Holy Spirit said, I'm not trying to harm you, I'm trying to free you. Oh, what, what wonderful words. I'm not trying to harm you, I'm trying to free you. Free what? Free my heart. Why, why haven't I worn these shoes? Do I think that I'm gonna take them to forever? Because I'm not. There's not one thing that I own that I'm taking to forever. The only thing that I can take for forever is my salvation in Jesus Christ because I have a personal relationship with him and I don't worship things, I worship him. That's the only thing. So the Holy Spirit said, get rid of the shoes, either wear the shoes. He said, here's what's so good about God. He goes, I gave you those shoes to enjoy. Why are you not enjoying them? Because they're like idols. They're like, you know why they're idols? Because I was poor growing up. And I couldn't, I couldn't get them. When I was growing up, I was getting, oh, what was I getting? I was getting starter shoes. Anybody remember starter shoes? Yeah? That, you know what I mean? Like, I was going to pay less. So for me, like, like getting the shoe was like, I made it. Made it to what, though? Right? You all, you, see, your thing, your thing isn't shoes, it's something else that you're giving your worship to. The Lord said, just get rid of them. 
So this is like a month ago. I just started giving away shoes. Bunch of people in our church, bunch of people not in our church, just started giving away shoes. I took all the shells, put them away. Why? Because <laughs> there's no way that I'm going to worship shoes. I'm going to worship Jesus. Right? And I've just been in this season where I've been taking evaluation of my own heart, and my own soul. I had this moment with the Lord a couple weeks ago, and I just sobbed before the Lord. I was just broken before the Lord. Why? Because I was just, I want to please him. I hope you want to please Jesus. I hope that you are in real, authentic relationship with him, and you want to please him. I don't want things to rule my heart. I want to be free to do whatever God's asking me to do. I want to be free in my soul. He wants to free you. Last point, point number three, you can stand up, is this. Hope. Hope. Why do we have hope? Because it says this. So everyone who believes in him has eternal life. Now, can I, can I say something to you, okay? How do you know if you believe in Jesus? It's just what I've talked about. In your soul, you have this place that is a constant place. It's not maybe every day, but it's a constant place in your soul. You're like, Lord, I'm, I, I, am I pleasing you? Lord, Lord, I, I want to honor you. Lord, I want you to be first in my life. Lord, I want you to have my life. Lord, how do you know that you're good? You just have that place. People that aren't in that place, they're not in that place for a reason. You get what I'm saying? It's a place where you're just, God, I'm, I love you. I love you more than this flesh. I love you more than this world. I love you more than the things that I can get. God, I love you more. I want to be with you. I want to please you. I want nothing more. Listen, listen. Can I just say this? Can I say this? I'm not living for today. I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not going to raise a church that's going to live for today. This life is a mist. It comes and it goes, but there is forever. There's eternity on the other side. And I want you to know Jesus. I want you to have that eternity in him. I want you to have confidence in him. So if today challenged you, I Oh, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. I'm not going to lead people. I'm not going to distract people. I'm not going to deceive people. I'm going to give people the truth. Amen. Can I pray for you today? Father, we worship you. Lord, I can sense you in the room right now. 
And I can sense your love and your grace and your mercy. I thank you that it is your love and your grace and your mercy that leads us to you. Not fear or judgment or condemnation, but it's you, your love. And so, Lord, I pray you'd fill your people with love. But Lord, we repent, though, of, of moments that we're worshiping this earth, we're worshiping this world. We repent of moments that we're running after the things of this world and not running after you. Father, as a church, as a church, I declare that we'll be a church that speaks truth. Even if it doesn't feel good all the time, God, we'll be a church that allows the Holy Spirit to move, to convict, to bring health, to bring healing, to bring hope, to bring joy. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would speak to all of us, me included, Lord, just in areas of our life that we're not pursuing you, areas of our life that need to be corrected, areas of our life that are, are going to the right or to left and not going straight towards you. I pray that you would reveal those things. Lord, we thank you. You do that not to harm us, not to hurt us, but to free us. And I ask for your freedom to flow. Jesus, we worship you. We praise you. And we thank you for your word and your truth today. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Can you give it up for Jesus and his word today and his truth?